Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Rise and shine, sports fans. It is another Beautiful day in the neighborhood, Friday, June 12th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dan Martinez. He's Kevin Walsh. And every morning, we put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, you know, I, I hate to keep going back to this, right? We talked about our levels of confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were like, this is a done deal. I'd be shocked. But... You know, it's it's like every day we see little drips and drabs of, you know, valid. I don't think these are things that are going to be non-starters or completely, you know, change the dynamic of the yeah. NBA to the point where they're not going to play this tournament. I don't think that. But it is interesting to see that almost day by day we see another, like, wrinkle. Right. Or something that needs to be addressed. I remember last week, Kev, we talked about the idea of the coaches wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Right. And D'Antoni was not was less than thrilled about that because maybe it portrayed him as someone who couldn't be a long term option for a new team as a head coach. And I saw more yesterday that I thought was interesting on a related note. Um, the NBA may ask teams and teams may ask their personnel to submit their medical histories mm-hmm. right um, before returning to play. Now, Kev, I don't know how you feel about this, but, you know. If your boss asked you to submit your private medical history, you would have the right to not do it. You know, these guys obviously have that right. I know there is the kind of danger of the spread here with coronavirus in this Truman Show bubble. But, Kev, you know, we've talked about it. The money is one thing. The logistics are one thing. The health is one thing. In the Major League Baseball, it seems like the money is the big sticking point. I'm starting to feel like in the NBA, we're hearing a lot of these health concerns, issues, things that need to be ironed out. How do you react to this one? So it's interesting. Um, To me, right, when I heard the idea that they were going to ask for full medicals, I guess I was always like, ah, that's normal, because I'm thinking towards the athletes. Now, maybe for your coaches, it's a little little more different. I mean, because players go through full physicals. We just mentioned the other day how Todd Gurley went through his physical and is now finally an Atlanta Falcon. Right? I'm thinking so, coaches here. Yeah, so for the players' aspect, I get it. For the coaches' aspect, again, I just I think one of the things for me here is they don't want Mike D'Antoni's physicals, or they don't want Mike D'Antoni to put a mask on because they're singling out Mike D'Antoni. Well, because he's in his seventies, Gentry right. in his late sixties. It's they're just they're going based off the news available to them, health wise, and they're trying to do what is best for those individuals. That's that's entirely what they're looking to accomplish. There's that's the thing. There's no financial angle there. Right. There's right, no right. you know what I mean? Like they're doing what they believe is the safest thing possible. Now I understand Mike D'Antoni being like, oh, get Brad Stevens' physical. Or right. it's not fair that Brad Stevens gets to talk out loud and I gotta talk through a mask. Or I might have to sit in row five and right. he's on the bench with his guys. Well, what I if they get that. banned and can't come to the bubble? Right. No, listen. And I, I get that. And I believe even um, the owner of the Rockets, I believe, or maybe it was Daryl Morey, the, the general manager, made a comment like we will have uh, Mike D'Antoni as our coach. And that is certainly a big, big deal. Um, there's, you know, there's no doubt about it. It is funny how you juxtapose that to the other report that kind of came out about this group of players trying to figure out about if they don't want to go, what right. does that mean? And we um, talked about this in Major League Baseball, right, with the opt-out clause. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that has kind of stood out since the NBA has made all of their agreements yeah. is their approach is pretty much, look, we can all agree we want to play. Mm-hmm. How we make that happen, we'll figure it out. Let's just, let's just lay the groundwork, and we'll go over the details as they fall upon us. And some might not like that strategy. What I know is everything is in place for there to be basketball. And they've given themselves a window to fix whatever issues may come up. And they seem like they're going to provide leeway to those that maybe don't want to be there. 
It does seem like they will be stricter, though, on those who are there will need to follow whatever the rules that are set are. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the uh, quote from Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe. NBA team personnel are expected to be asked to submit personal medical histories to a panel of physicians who would review their risk of serious illness due to coronavirus in the NBA bubble environment. It is unclear what authority, if any, that panel may have in prohibiting any personnel from attending Orlando or placing limitations on them, but there is some anxiety about limitations on such teams. You know, I identified and mentioned to you already, Popovich is 71, the Spurs are invited to continue, Gentry is 65, New Orleans will be there, and of course, you talked about Dan Tony when the Houston Rockets, in my opinion, are a variance team above all and could be live, but again, with these full medical histories, Kev, you know, we just threw out those coaches because they're, you know, 60 and above. But when you talk about full medical histories, like I've shared with you before, I'm asthmatic, okay? I'm 40 years old, but asthmatic. That puts me in that high risk group, right? And so there are other things. And that's the thing, we don't know about people's medical histories because they're private and they have a right to keep them as such, right? So it's one thing about, um, these older age folks, right? But it is possible, Kevin, that mm. players have something that could preclude them. Asthma. Um, think about, you know, James Conner in the NFL as a cancer survivor, right? I mean, there well, are about other Von ways Miller? to be at high risk. Yeah, Von Miller. Uh, got, yeah. One, one of the more underreported stories, if you ask me, is Von Miller not only getting COVID. Right, but, but it wasn't but just like the mini chilling COVID. Right, right, right. Yeah, like... It was symptomatic because I think actually when they went through and I'm not even sure if Rudy Gobert ended up being symptomatic. symptomatic. Like I know Durant was asymptomatic. Like there was a right. lot of different things, right? With with right. those so guys. You have 60, you could have under other underlying conditions and have it still Tom Miller you that we is don't know one about. of the best athletes in the yeah, world. Absolutely. But he's asthmatic and had and got and was sympt was symptomatic yeah. of coronavirus. So yeah, and I think if that is something that comes forth, look, the thing is, Dane, right? And I, I don't really, I'm not going to put it to a player, but let's just okay, say sure. player Y has asthma and yeah. is unfortunately told that they're not allowed to go. Now, if the NBA makes them whole and gives them whatever the, the money that they stood to gain by being there, as that player, man, like they're doing what's best for you. And right. also, I think they're, they're working on ways for a player who maybe is asthmatic, doesn't want to go, they will still make whole it is but what if it's the nba saying no you can't come mm -hmm. right and then that like again we don't know there could be yeah. zero players that mm -hmm. this is about it could be big stars that we don't know because they have some health ish underlying health issue that we never had a right to know about right or a coach or something. we just don't know where it's gonna be i'm just saying it's more than just coaches and the interesting question is will in this kind of back and forth when they figure it out will the nba have the authority to tell people no you are not allowed to come because of your medical history that's a slippery slope kev it is I think the answer is yes. And again, I think that in conjunction with the report from Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday about how there were a group of players kind of on a phone call talking about their concerns over, uh, over going, right? And the fact that those conversations are happening and the Players Association and the owners are working together to figure out what they're going to do with the athletes that don't feel comfortable going in there. I, I think there's, again, just... This, to me, Dane, has always been the difference from the MLB to the NBA. As we are talking about, these are not small details, right? Right. Like, the That's idea that the right. Rockets head coach might yeah. not be there yeah. is a very big detail. Yes. Even from a, if you just want to talk about it from a betting angle, sure. right? Like, oh, Mike D'Antoni, two years removed, I think, from a Coach of the Year award, right. maybe three years removed, like, is not allowed to be there. That's, a that's just one deal. example, right, Kev? Could it be, who knows, could it be something like dozens where it completely warps competitive balance? I don't know that, but right. it's possible. And I would say, too, a lot of times, Dan, when you and I, when we go through these big pieces of news, yeah. sometimes it'll we'll talk about like how it applies to betting. Other times, we're just trying to figure out the news to hope that it gets us closer to where we're going. Okay. I would say this. I think this is the... These conversations, 
I'm not looking to right now bet on anybody for a long-term future. So none of these futures bets, these Western Conference, Eastern Conference, yeah. NBA champion, because, and we talked about this, right? Because there's too much variance at play. Right, and for the variance, the variance that is at play before we even tip off is almost right. not there's worth variance it. on the field, on the court, because these guys haven't been there, but there's still, as, and that's kind of like what I've been screaming for the rooftops for a lot. Yeah. There's just so much left undecided, remember, and we don't have to go into it, but originally I was like, I don't know, remember, my answer on the confidence sure. was incomplete, and you know, there's just so many details out there. You, however, I will give you credit, Kev, because mm-hmm. I think as we go down this path, when we were doing our confidence meter, I think both of the points we were making have sort yeah. of come to fruition, right? Mm-hmm. One side, as these negotiations continue, you keep on making the point, and it is a valid one, that in the NBA, it seems much more collaborative, mm-hmm. right? And absolutely, but these details are still there. And in baseball, yeah. it seems much more uh, forced or like hardball negotiations, right? But um, there are actually formal proposals going back and forth and a gap narrowing. I think you're right that the tone is more collaborative. And I'm right that there's a whole hell of a lot sure. still to be and, worked out. Go ahead. And I'll just And I'll just add, right, like, the biggest thing that I could tell anybody out there that's looking to make a futures bet is Adrian Wojnarowski just reported that there are players talking about not knowing. Okay. If you make a bet on, uh, on the wizards to make the playoffs and then it turns out that Bradley Beal isn't going like they're not going to refund your bet. Okay. (laughs) They're they're not now. Maybe they will. Right. Maybe out of the goodness of their heart, they will. But, but like, that's what trying to get ahead of futures is anyway, right? Sometimes people might sign, be like, oh, I'm going to ride the Clippers this year because I think Kawhi Leonard is going to sign. And, to and me, then he doesn't sign. Right. Now, if you if you think someone's going to sign a contract, if somebody gets injured in the middle of the season, right. that's why I almost would tell you, Dane, the idea of like, oh, I don't know if I can play futures. Someone could come down with COVID. Then you pretty much just should, should only bet on a game-to-game basis, which is fine. Yep. But the fact right now that the – who shows up is in the balance is enough to make me say, I just need to know who's there. Then we'll figure this out. Because the odds in terms of conference titles, overall title, and even the yes-no playoff bets will all still remain before we tip off yeah. that first game, the eight-game regular season. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it has to assume full rosters, right? You know, so obviously. So still details to be worked out in the NBA. Kevin has faith that they will do so. I also believe, but, you know, the more and more we come up with, we shall see. We turn our attention to two other sports, baseball trying to figure it out. Oh, and guess what? MLS, they have figured it out and put pen to paper. We look at those when we come back. It's the early line. We're off and running. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in. It is the early line on SportsGrid. Kevin and I, you know, we have been leading with these kind of negotiations back and forth over the course of the last few weeks. And the big ones, right, that we have been kind of comparing and contrasting are what we see in the NBA and what we see in Major League Baseball. We've talked about the NBA, how some kind of bubbling health concerns may be coming up. Well, in Major League Baseball, you know, it's been this kind of back and forth negotiation on the schedule, the number of games. And we all know that the reason why it's the number of games is because of this concept of prorating the force majeure of their salaries, what that means to the revenue and ultimately the profit margin this year for owners and for the sport of baseball. You know, Rob Manfred uh, was on MLB Network uh, yesterday, and he here's the quote, we're going to play baseball in 2020 100%. Um, and here's what it is. You know, even Nightingale has come out with another piece where Commissioner Manfred says, and I quote, they may have no choice but to implement the last resort the 50 games, right? And so here's what it has been. And I've been saying this for a while, Kevin, the, whether you believe in the term good faith negotiations or not, in essence, this is kind of what had to happen. 
um, this back and forth, right? The 80 games, the 114 games, the 76 games, the 89 games. This is, whether you believe it or not, the quote-unquote good faith negotiation. This is what they are doing. And if those negotiations stall, and like we said, the gap has been getting narrower and narrower. I believe we are now at 79 games with 75% of the prorated on one side with 89 games on the other. This narrowing, in essence, is the quote unquote good faith negotiation, which then enables Rob Manfred the idea to actualize that last resort plan. He's going to break open the glass and deliver the 50-game season, right, if they cannot, because then it reverts back to the agreement in March where it's 50 games because the prorated salaries can happen without the huge profit loss for the owners. If they go back and forth a few more times, can't get it done, that's when Rob Manfred will step in. This could all be just posturing because we know ultimately we're going to get the last resort. And Manfred knows that that's in his back pocket. That's why he's saying it's 100% going to happen. Either they're going to agree or I'm going to tell everybody what it is. I just think it's very important that we emphasize that through the details that you shared with us through 538, that the last resort, 50 games, has the owners keep the same profit margins as if everything remained the same. Okay? Mm That, to me, is still why I find this all ridiculous. Like, the idea that the, like, okay, fine, the only thing we can agree on is the owners keeping the, all of their money. Right. Like, the, right, like, the idea that, I mean, the quote, Dane, was share the pain. Mm-hmm. We are currently on the heels of the MLB draft. Now, yeah. the reality is no one cares about the MLB draft. No one does, Okay. But it was a five-round draft. And you might say to yourself, if you don't know anything about the MLB draft, which, by the way, I don't begrudge you for. (laughs) I don't know much about it. But that is significantly less rounds than typical. Everybody knows someone that got drafted in the MLB. I had a very, very close friend from high school that got drafted by the MLB, okay? Like 28th round or something? Yeah, by the Toronto Blue Jays. Shout out Andrew Florides. Like, I mean... You know, and look, he legitimately got drafted. You know, like that's a real thing that happened. And he went, because sure. it's like 30-some-odd rounds. I mean, it's crazy. The thing is, it's it's Major League Baseball's draft, and this is another problem that they have, is that it's just so secondary. But could you imagine if Dane, the NFL draft was all of a sudden a, one round? was one round. Like, it would be the biggest story oh, imaginable, yeah. right? Absolutely. The owners, again, in order to... Keep profit margins eliminated like 70% of the draft, right? Right. Putting all of all of these kids in limbo. And again, like we've gone through this process now, Dane. And to me, at no point have the owners even given a bid. Like at all. They say share the pain, it's them keeping a billion dollar profit margins. The MLB draft comes up, they do the exact opposite of being good to those players. The What about their latest uh, 76 game proposal, but with the 75% of pro rating? That is, listen, that's some movement from the 50. I know it's not a lot, but it's some movement. Yeah, it, it, look, it's it's some movement. They're still likely keeping yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. profit margins in the process, which mm-hmm. again, I understand them wanting to stay in the green, or certainly at the minimum, avoiding the red. I get all of that. It's just that, and I guess part of the reason why I get so annoyed is, and you you know this, right, Dane, when it comes to the two sides of the owner's-player's argument, if I were to put myself on a side, it would be firmly on the player's side. But mainly, I I still can't believe there are people who who consistently roll with the owners. (laughs) And this isn't even a situation of like, well, I don't like how the players are going about it, right? Like, people are still so hung up on, on what Blake Snell said. And nobody wants to talk about the fact that, like, David Price was paying salaries that yeah, yeah, yeah. like we don't have the money to pay. Nah, it's just that's the, true. The gap between these two sides in terms of good faith yeah. is, is so... Absolutely. So it is massive, you know. And Manfred went on to say in his interview, you know, with the idea of, like, he says, the best thing 
would be for Major League Baseball to reach an agreement with the players, right? However, he says if it has to be that March 26th agreement, the one they already made, then that's the one they'll implement, you know? And Bob Nightingale in a new piece is saying that this is going to happen within a week. Either they're going to agree or Manfred is going to step in. Because as we've talked about, the time is ticking, right? And they're going to have to then turn around and, you know, uh, have their spring training, still be able to do it if the 50 games happen starting in July. They need to get to it one way or another. So I think this kind of posturing and back and forth sounds like it's almost done. And then Manfred will step in and be the adult in the room in the next week. Kev, uh, those are still where issues need to be worked out, right? Mm -hmm. We have an American team sport where the issues have been worked out and oh, happy day. I don't know if you had MLS in the pool of first team that will actually be playing games in 2020, but it is happening. We have dates here for MLS. And remember, I told you they ratified a new agreement. They now have labor peace all the way to 2025. There was the threat of a lockout, but they are going to be back. I think it's great also, Kevin, the tournament that they're, you know, putting on is literally called the MLS is back tournament, right? And I think it's so important for MLS. This was a league that was ascending in attention and notoriety anyway. We have been talking about the opportunity for whatever sport gets back, right? And MLS will be the first American team sport. We know that, you know, the Colonial uh, teed off a little bit already yesterday, but Imagine this. I mean, they report to down in Orlando on June 24th. That's in a mere two weeks, Kev. And then games. It's going to be this World Cup-style group stage. It seems like everybody, every sport, wants to get in on the fun of the group stage format, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to do this. And the first day of games, Kevin, is going to be July 8th down there in Orlando. MLS is first out the gate. There's a draw happened. We'll go into the lines a little bit more down the road. But... MLS is back. Yeah, it's what a what a what a massive opportunity it sure is. for this league, Matt. And I love that they basically see this was the attraction with the group stage when we talked about the NBA. Yeah. Is what they are doing now is all high stakes matchups, right. all fresh matchups. Every game matters. You have now you have given the opportunity for your your league to be presented in the absolute best, best light it's imaginable. Amazing. I mean Every game, again, every game matters, yeah. all fresh opportunities, and you're going to be first back. You're going to be first through the door, and that's all you needed was that little bit of breathing room that's to get right. people to watch that, that first one or two days of group stage play. And get into here's, it. Here's you the got thing. into the KBO, Kev. Right. Think about it's it like so this, though. It's to get into the KBO. People, people watch the World Cup, right? And... Now, I know that that's the World Cup, and it's obviously a whole different scale, right? I'm not fool enough to pretend that the World Cup is the MLS. But also, when people tune in to watch the World Cup, they don't, they can't tell you the right. starting 11 on Colombia right. or it's Croatia, yeah. right? It's just, it just, you know it's a big deal. It's a big environment. And again, the MLS without fans and circumstance won't, won't be able to provide that. But again, all of these games being able to matter the way that they do— it's going to be fun. But now where you lose the certain things from the World Cup aspect of things, what you're going to gain here is, t uh, is people being able to latch on to their hometown That's right. team. That's right. NYCFC. I yeah. mean, I got it right. My mom's been dying for Yankee games to be back. If I, you know, she maybe will just latch on to NYCFC. That's what I did like, five years ago. Right. I, I think it's just everything is, is lined up for them, yeah. Dane, really to just – Take advantage of this opportunity. I really completely agree. It is going to be a long-term benefit to this league to, like, they're going to be the only game in town. Look at what happened when the UFC was the only game in town. Look at the action the NFL draft did in April yeah. when we were starved. And here's the other thing. You mentioned the World Cup, Kev. When the World Cup is on, there's games, right, at like 11 a.m., at 2 p.m., at 5 p.m. in the same day, and that's what's going to happen down in Orlando. They are going to cover the entire day so mm -hmm. that you have something you can watch. If you're not a fan of Sporting KC in Portland, it don't matter. It'll be on. I've been watching Bundesliga, KBO, you know, 
the ponies. It doesn't matter. The fact that this is on and it's going to be this condensed thing in July that everyone can understand, right? Coming with, with teams that will be returning to your home markets that you could buy their jersey and start to represent. It is going to absolutely take over. We said baseball had this chance. They pissed it away. I think MLS is going to fully take advantage and we're gonna see kev you know i want to see the numbers you know the mls just did the draw of this tournament yesterday i can't wait to see the numbers it did i think it's gonna be not at the same level but you know how the nfl draft like broke records i think Mm -hmm. the same thing is gonna happen because of the appetite of the american sports fan right now yeah and i'll tell you what's really interesting because we're talking about these you know two leagues here back to back is now with that hard start date that the MLS is offering, right, of July 8th, I believe it is. Yes. Now, Major League Baseball, what does your window look like? Mm-hmm. Remember when they proposed June 30th? But that was back, I think, on June 3rd, maybe, right. that that was thrown out. So if you basically need four weeks, the four weeks from um, would be kind of like, say, the 10th or the 11th or so. Like, you're, 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 you're later than July 8th, basically. The clock is ticking. Four weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So... It's a situation there, Dane. It's really interesting. Can baseball try and undercut the MLS with a quick turnaround? Unlikely. MLS, with this opportunity here, also could have really put a huge damper on Major League Baseball. Absolutely. They're also going to be first to Orlando and Disney World. So I wonder what that means for the NBA and their bubble. Because guess what? Those soccer guys, they're going to already be there. We'll talk more about soccer. We'll bring in our main man, Martino, from Free Kick to discuss this and the Bundesliga slate. Come on back. It's the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back into the early line on the grid. We're talking soccer, so we got to bring in our man, Martino Puccio. He's been with us the last couple of weeks breaking down Bundesliga. We got a big-time slate over in Germany. We will certainly talk about, as you know, I think there's only like three or four match days left. So we have to, you know, we got to get into it. Who will qualify for Champions League? Who will qualify for Europa League? And who will not be in the Bundesliga next year after getting relegated? We'll discuss all that but Martino I want to get your thoughts first on you know these leagues are coming to play coming on back and I'm very excited about MLS here in America you know I don't know if you had MLS in your bingo or in your box pool for first Mm. American team sport to return but it will be MLS and Kevin and I just talked about the amazing opportunity that that presents for MLS and soccer in this country in the month of July it looks like they're going to be the only game in town and we're watching you know we're watching KBO Bass baseball we're watching the ponies we're watching bundesliga we're watching soccer in belarus for goodness sakes talk to me about what you think this could be for the growth of mls yeah so this was a smart move right i mean you see mlb with all of their issues they can't seem to get anything off the ground despite what manfred's saying the nba likes to take their sweet time so we won't see them till late july <laughs> in this scenario so look the mls saw an opportunity and they jumped at it right and it's not even And they did it in a way that they don't even have to start their regular season where it could kind of be a little slow and bumpy and all that. They're starting off with a tournament, right? They're still going to get to the regular season and finish things out there. But they have an incentivized tournament. It's a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League at the end for the winner, which is huge in terms of money, in terms of, you know, just growth of your club and just getting the popularity out there for the league. And look, I mean... There's nothing going on this summer besides the weather. You can't really go to a lot of places. I know some places are opened up a little bit. But look, it's a World Cup-style tournament. We weren't getting any of the international tournaments this summer. So this is the next closest thing. Despite the quality of the league or whatever you think of it, this is just a great move for them. And uh, it's great to see, you know, David Beckham's team will be in a tournament to start instead of the regular season. <laughs> uh, Martina, I wanted to actually ask you about something else that Dan and I talked about a little bit earlier in the week. It was a report of Antoine Griezmann, uh, where he was like, "I, I want to finish my career with the MLS." I instantly mm-hmm. started looking up his contract details right. with Barca. It's a little mm-hmm. bit further away. 
Um, I know Ronaldo's made comparable comments in the past. The man behind you, uh, Ibrahimovic's jersey. I know uh, recently yeah. was just playing with the LA Galaxy. Do you think that that is what it's going to take, though, for the MLS to take that next step? Is to have big names come over here, but maybe closer to their prime? I, I mean, like an Antoine Griezmann coming in, you know, three years is still not his prime. But I feel like it's better than, with all due respect, to like when Frank Lampard and, and Pirlo came over. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm not sure that's the best way to go back. Like, you're going to have to be begging, like, one to two guys, and you have to pay them crazy amounts of numbers. Some of these guys in the MLS don't even get 100K for a year. So, mm-hmm. like, you, you have to worry about these pay discrepancies in the first place. And it's going to be hard. To, like, what, what are you really going to offer them? I mean, there's certain things that you can offer in terms of the culture you know endorsements and he's all a big that Lakers stuff. fan martino he just wants yeah to see griezmann's <laughs> huge into basketball he's huge into basketball a lot of soccer guys are in fact um so so it's always like great to see that um to to, to bridge that gap um i know griezmann's gone to celtics games as well in boston um look i, I there, there are certain things that can appeal to it but man i don't know even then like david via was still like he still had some juice left in the tank Beckham was still pretty young when you look at it. He was in his early 30s. He wasn't, you know, 35, 36 when he came over here. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to say. I think they just need to get a base going up first, like they do in Brazil and Argentina, where you get really good American youngsters that eventually go to Europe and and then return back. I think that's the model to follow. I think it would be a little naive to think that you could just be grabbing guys from their prime in Europe when a lot of other leagues that are further along can't even do that. So, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a very young league, Kev. I th- they're as old yeah. as us. It's 25 years old. It's not, it's not, <laughs> hey, like they're something. not as old as all of us. Hey, hey, <laughs> 25, but I think you're right. And, and listen, Martino, this summer could be where they really make strides in building that base, right? Because they will be the only game in town. But I think your point is well taken. Maybe instead of Griezmann, the real coup would be like if Christian Pulisic came back and played in MLS. That could set the stage. But listen, MLS is not the only one, Martino. Premier League coming back. La Liga coming back. Syria are coming back. Talk to me about what we can expect in some of these other leagues across Europe as well. Yeah, um, La Liga was a little bit like Bundesliga, like I mentioned last week. It's really fun race for Champions League. Uh, the title race is obviously going to be more close with Barcelona and Real Madrid. Um, it, it's not like Bayern, where Bayern just runs this thing and you have to see it to happen. Um, Real Madrid could easily win this league, but it's really dependent upon if they're going to get the correct goal scoring to put them over the top, because that's really been their main issue since Cristiano Ronaldo left. Um, with Barcelona, look, they thought Luis Suarez was done for good um, because he, he picked up that knee surgery and he, and he was basically out for the rest of the season. And he was looking to p- potentially be going to the MLS or wherever else he could go to maybe, you know, just another league in Europe uh, before he heads back uh, to South America and Uruguay or wherever the hell else he wants to go. Um, but, at the, but at the end of the day here, I, I think uh, La Liga has the most to offer in terms of all their races with Champions League, Europa League spots, the title race. Uh, Premier League, we know it's done with Liverpool there. Uh, and there's still that race for fourth in Champions League. Deli Ali is apparently suspended now by mm. Jose Mourinho. So that's a big uh, scenario that's going down with Spurs not having one of their top players already. And we were just talking about last week how, oh, they're going to get all their guys back there in good shape. And then one of them gets suspended for mocking the whole coronavirus crisis. So they're off to a good start there. That's very Spursy of them. They're kind of they're kind of like the Mets, <laughs> except if the Mets never won any of their two World Series. That's basically who they are. Um, yeah, so, and look, Arsenal too. Arsenal had had a, um, had a friendly match um, at their home stadium, and they lost 3-2, to two and the highlights came out. And, man, I, I don't even know if, if Arsenal fans even want to look at them because they were just dreadful. It's like losing to, to a college team um, when, you, when you're the Charlotte Hornets uh, trying to get ready for the NBA to start back up in the summer. So, I mean... There's a lot of interesting storylines, but for me, La Liga is the most entertaining one and uh, closest race to look after. I wanted to ask you specifically in La Liga. So Saturday, Barcelona is going to be pay, uh, is going to be playing, and then Real uh, will be playing on Sunday. I look at the two matchups that they have, and they look, you know, to be matchups where they're going to obviously have massive, massive talent gaps. But I'd have to assume 
Martino, that a lot of, you know, again, your more casual players, if they're looking to bet some La Liga, it's just going to be the Barcelona, Real Madrid, Moneyline parlay. I'm not sure necessarily. I'm going to see if I can figure it out um, while you answer me what it would pay out on FanDuel. But do you think that could be somewhat of a viable option or, or would you maybe, you know, offer more caution with those two teams in their first matches back? I think I would offer caution with just the first match back, like you said, only because we don't really know what kind of game shape they're in. Um, guy, guys could be rusty. Again, like we saw with with Bayern playing in the cup match, they had three to four opportunities yesterday to put away goals, and they were still struggling to do so. They only got the one at that point. So you can only imagine what these teams are like, and it's an even longer layoff than what the Bundesliga had. Um, they didn't mm. really get any warm-up matches, too. Look, I money line parlay. It, it would be it would be one minus one seventy five. Just so you know, Martino Barca's at minus three eighty. Real is at minus four ten. You put them together, it's still minus one seventy five for them to both come in. Yeah, no, you have to feel really strongly about it and think the effect of the layover doesn't mean a thing. It, it could, but at the end of the day, if I'm going for a parlay, I want plus money. I don't really want minus one seventy five. I don't see that much value in something like that. Um, look, I, I still love rolling with the first half with the heavy favorites, right? Like Bayern again, like mm. I was saying last week, if it's I something see. like minus 135, go ahead and take that because teams want to get started off early and get going good and get in a rhythm, um, if they can. So I, I like stuff like that. Um, you know, just ease and feel your way in. Who knows if it's the same thing like uh, Bundesliga where it's just the away teams winning and mm. it doesn't matter if a home team is there. I think you could wait a little bit for trends, but you could also just go with a talent discrepancy like that. Like, right, like Ibar and Mallorca aren't great teams. So um, you could just go easy there if you really want to just go at minus 175, but that's not that much fun. So. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So I, I do want to ask you about this kind of from the step back broader perspective. I mean, we were talking a lot about these road favorites coming in, mm -hmm. right? Um, and is that a trend that you are going to auto go with in these other leagues? You know, like, are there any kind of tea leaves to read from Bundesliga that you would apply right out the gate in England or in Spain, or in Italy. Like, it just sounds like you're saying you're going to wait and see a little bit for the big boys, because I understand that two-match parlay at still minus 175 is not something to easily digest. But are there any things that you have seen in Bundesliga that you think may be a trend that will translate to one of these other leagues starting back up? I think the away teams in the Premier League would be something, because I don't think it mattered as much with certain teams, because a lot of the teams towards the top aren't your, you know, heavy-hitting bruiser teams that you usually saw late 2000s, early 2010s, you know, with Chelsea and all. They're still struggling to a point where they're, they're still young sides. They, they don't have all the veteran leadership that they need to get the wins at home like you need. Uh, so I could see scenarios in which games... You could see teams, you know, like a Sheffield United going in as an away side. They're very good defensively. They can go in and pick up some points in that scenario. So I, I do see a trend sort of like that. In terms of offense, I don't know. I think goal scoring, if you're going to see high goal scoring outputs, it would be in La Liga. I, I don't mm. really see that right and away. And unders in, in Serie A, right? That's where that's where they play. Certain deep, games, right? yeah. I think I think certain games in Serie A, it really depends on the matchup. If Atalanta's in it, I have them going over because yeah, they're just yeah. going to score a ton. It's just what they do. I want to ask you about Coppa Italia. I'm going to go um, out of order here, though, because the fixture that's happening later today uh, Juve Milan, I know you're, you're going to have a little bit more for us on. So we'll start with the Saturday fixture, uh, which I believe is Inter and Napoli. Um, thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, it really just depends on what Antonio Conte wants to do, right? Because he, like Jurgen Klock, hates a condensed schedule. So he really wants to focus on the league. For the cup, for him, it really doesn't matter. They already lost the first game. So he might be going with all of his youngsters. Now, if you believe that is going to happen, you want to jump on that line now because that is drastically going to move right. if all the youngsters get in the game, right? Because at that point, there's really little to no chance that they pull out a win in that scenario. Um, I would probably lean towards an under depending on what it pays out with two and a half, with three and a half. Um, so I would look out for stuff like that. But in reality, um, I'd be very weary of Inter here simply because if Conte doesn't want to win this game, they won't.
Very interesting point, Martino, right? We still have like those League Cups with the seasons and those conflicts. And remember now, as we are condensing the schedule, teams, coaches, organizations are going to have to figure out what is their priority and how to align their personnel accordingly. When we come back, Martino, hopefully you spend a couple more minutes with us. We dive into match day this weekend in the Bundesliga. Let's win a little bit of money with our guy, Martino. It's the early line. Come on back. We're giving you the edge right now here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back here on the early line, I'm Kevin Walsh. That's Dane Martinez, and we are joined still by our guy Martino Puccio, the host of the Free Kick, the soccer show here at the Sports Grid. Make sure you follow and watch that show for all of the updates that you need because the soccer world is very, very, very busy. Uh, Martino, I want to ask you about a game that's going to take place later today, uh, the Coppa Italia matchup between Milan and Juventus here. This is going to probably be the heaviest bet fixture, I think, in maybe even of the weekend if you're going to keep Friday involved because Juventus, we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, Milan has all of their history. There's a lot of stakes involved with this matchup here. Um, I, people will see those two Milan jerseys behind you uh, and probably expect bias, but I've known you far too long uh, to know that that won't be the case here. Uh, so talk to me. What do you think about this game? Uh, yeah, no, I said yesterday about everything on Juve. I think the line came out, it was their money line was minus 195. They simply, when since they moved into their new stadium that they purchased, they Milan haven't won there at all. Um, I don't even think, I think they maybe gotten one point in a draw. And this has been years now. Obviously, that's including cup games like this. So they really haven't had much success there. The talent gap is very wide. And even now, Milan don't even have their top players. Ibrahimovic is suspended. Uh, uh, this player, Castellejo, um, he came over from La Liga. He's suspended as well. He's one of their forward players. And their probably second or best player this season, Teo Hernandez, is suspended as well as le at left back. Juve have everybody. They have Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> they have all their attacking so You can players. stop right there, Martino. That's all they need. <laughs> that's all, they, no, that's all you need. So some of the bets, Um, obviously, I jumped on it on FanDuel. So minus 195, it quickly moved to minus 210, but then back down to minus 200. Um, so if you want to put something like that in a parlay, if you want to jump on that and get Napoli as well, like I was discussing, if you expect Inter to go out with that. Uh, both teams to score no was at like minus 116. I would pick that. Milan don't have a true striker going in this game, so it's going to be hard for them. It might have to come from a set piece, and even then, they're not that great on set pieces, so it's really going to be difficult to see them score in an instance like this. Juve have probably... They have the best defense on their best day, but Inter Milan also have a great defense as well. Um, it depends on who they start there. If they start Chiellini, I think there is a chance that Milan could sneak in a goal there. He's 36. He's coming off a torn ACL, so you don't know how great a game shape he is in. He just came back right before the break happened. So so that would be something you could look towards. But it's really Juve all day. And an important thing here is that, even though it is a cup match, if this is tied at 90 minutes, there is no overtime. This goes straight to penalties. So if you want to go with something, um, I'm not really sure you have to look at uh, some of the places you would be looking at to see what the rules are at the end of regulation because a draw is still up there. A draw in this scenario is still going to penalties. So that might affect your money line outcome uh, in this scenario as well. But for me, it, it's all Juve. Uh, unfortunately, it'll be very difficult to see a scenario in which they could pull off a win for Milan. All right, Martino, let's turn our attention over there now to Germany and Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it before. And, Martino, there's only, I believe, like four matches left for each team. And, obviously, Bayern is sort of running away and hiding. For me, the most interesting thing will be that fourth spot, right? The last qualifier for the Champions League. And as I look at the table right now, Leverkusen is in a tie. I believe they have, like, 56 points, along with my adopted squad of Borussia Mönchengladbach, just because I like the frenetic pronunciation. But... Martino. Gladbach has an amazingly hard draw this weekend. They go to Bayern. 
Now, here's what I want to note, because I was watching some of last Bayern's game, and they did have an accumulation of yellow cards, okay? So Lewandowski is going to miss this match. I think one of their other starters is also going to miss this match against Gladbach. I know Gladbach needs it. Maybe Bayern doesn't. I also believe that Gladbach has played Bayern a little bit tough in recent history. All this to say, you can see I'm trying to make a case for my guys on Gladbach, but is it a moot point, would it be futile to bet anything other than Bayern to hold it down? Um, well, you could also factor in the cup match that Bayern played midweek, right? right. So I they were playing that. a lot of their main guys in that. Who knows if they put in Thiago um, back in the midfield? That's a huge piece. So that would be a nice boost for them there because he hasn't played recently. But look, I mean, these midweek games, guys like Alfonso Davies, right, the the Canadian left back at 19 years old, I mean, how many games has he played in, in this short amount of time where he his game is predicated on pace? So he's getting up and down a lot. He could get tired out easily. Mönchengladbach, look, plus 650 on a money line. I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, I would entertain a draw. What about draw 450 if, draw? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would entertain something if it, it would be on the draw just because Bayern's look so good since they found come back. They had a little uh, issues putting the ball in the back of the net in, in the game in the cup match. So a guy like Lewandowski, he's going to want to score uh, a ton. Thomas Mueller is still going after that assist record. So there's still stuff that they could chase in in terms of history book uh, records. So that could be something if you want to look at that angle. I, I don't think Gladbach is totally out, out of this. Um, they were pretty disappointing over the weekend because yeah. I had them as well. So they they just looked a little rusty at this. This this is kind of where I think the whole break came into and the condensed schedule is coming in because they're getting their you know six to seven day break. But at the end of the day, it's really more like five five day breaks. They get in the full ninety minutes. A lot of these teams, again, they're still not using all these five substitutions like they can. Um, so it, it really matters because at the end of the day, that favors Bayern again because Bayern's a much deeper team. Gladbach has more to play for. Um, look, I, look I, don't, I don't know. I think halftime result, I think you still go with Bayern because they come okay. out uh, all cylinders firing. Minus 135 is one um, result and, and both to score again. Look, if you want to go with that draw again, plus 500 for both of them to score, you know, like 1-1 one, one yeah. draw, I don't think that's so ridiculous. 2-2 two, two draw, I don't really see something like that happening. Um, again, you could always check, you know, the over-unders is what FanDuel is so great about. You could choose your totals. Sure. Um, I Look, uh, two two and a half is usually like uh, a guideline for a lot of other leagues, but since it's Bundesliga, it's, it's three and a half is, <laughs> is the one that you have to look at. So over is at minus 108. I mean, either way, it's safe in this scenario, and that and that's what's cool about it because it's minus one fourteen on the under. So, I mean, again, this this is something you always go with your gut in this. If I'm leaning towards Gladbach getting a result, I think I would go with a draw if you like that. I'd I'd tell you for me when I just look at this though, like this is maybe the game more than any other where you can see the the prices being paid for this game being at the Allianz, which. Is something that as we've looked towards, like, I don't know how much it matters. Like, you know, like we just talked about Juve, right, Martino, and like they're they're always great at home, right? And we'll see how much that matters without the people in the building. The, the thing with Bayern is, you know, since we've returned, it's like, yeah, they're good at home, they're good on the road. They're just they're just incredible. But I think that if this game was hosted by Gladbach, all of a sudden now they go from like minus 300 favorites. Like it's like cut in half. And I think you could argue that the value play there is Gladbach. The reason why this is so interesting, though, Martino, is this race for fourth yeah. that's going on right now between yeah. them and Leverkusen. They sit on the same points. Now, Gladbach has the benefit of a plus-five goal differential, which means that if they're going to finish on the same points, they're very difficult to lose a five-goal differential. Unless Bayern beats them 4 nothing, Right, which obviously would then uh, put quite the feather in their cap. Leverkusen <laughs> uh, takes the pitch this week. Uh, traveling to Schalke, who, if I'm not mistaken, you have been uh, off pretty much the entire restart of the Bundesliga here. I'm looking at it. Minus 190 for a traveling Leverkusen with an opportunity to get themselves into fourth. Uh, you like that? 
It's it's like weird though, because I do like him to win it, but minus one ninety is still a lot. And I, see, but Shulk is just so bad, man. They're just so like they're so gross to watch. I, I just immediately change the channel if they're on, and, and even they just look like it's so defeated. Like they just want to get this over with. Like they were dreading to come back for like the two months. They get back and and they're forced to finish this season. It's just like a team in turmoil that knows they have no shot at doing anything. Like even at this point, they're not really a threat to even get relegated so there's not much to play for they're not going to get in to a europa league spot most likely look leverkusen yeah this is a, t- a complete opportunity to jump at something right because you see gladbach is playing Bayern. this is if you were to think this is another week that gladbach could drop points it's probably going to be against the best team by far and in a scenario where leverkusen can win and pick up their points when they need to against a team like schalk that can't even score for their lives yeah this is the game to do it um Look, minus 190, you don't love it in this scenario, but look, if this might be the safest pick in terms of teams that are looking to vie for that Champions League spot. So I could see the angle that you're working with here, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, I would probably put money on that if uh, I liked it enough, yeah. I'll say this, Dane, if you want, you can yeah. parlay them with Bayern, label mm. it the worst-case scenario for God, for Gladbach parlay, right. and get it to, like, plus money. But it's like barely. It's like plus 105 right now. That's, That's one way you could go. I also, you know, Martino, we're coming down on the end of the season, right? So I want to turn my attention to the bottom of the table as well, you know, and, and the idea yeah. of not getting relegated. And, and, and Martino, I see literally the last two teams on the table face each other. This weekend, when Paderborn plays Werder Bremen, uh, you know, like a win and one of the for one of these teams is a great opportunity to kind of save themselves. I don't know if you think because, you know, for example, I know Paderborn is so far down that they may still be in that regulation zone. But talk to me. You know, we talk about the inspiration to be one of the top four. What about the inspiration to not get regulated? And, you know, I know our graphics guy, Steve, has been on the scrappy Paderborn. They worked out another mm. tie, I remember, after you thought they would get dump trucked. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, 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 yeah. After they were facing a 10-man <laughs> Leipzig, they yeah, got a stoppage goal. They got a stoppage goal. Yeah, no. Uh, look, look, it worked out for him. He, he looked great there. But, but what look, about um, this? Like, Dusseldorf, who's mm-hmm. down there, is playing Dortmund this week. That doesn't help them, right? No, so of course. Could an opportunity for Paderborn or word of Bremen. I mean, look, I think it's more so this is for Bremen because even then Paderborn so sizable. Eight points is a lot with it with this amount of games, and you're you're hoping for a team that only has four wins. And Dusseldorf loses to Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I think this is a bigger opportunity for Bremen, if if anything. I think Paderborn is just they could play spoiler at this point, like the Marlins did for the Mets in 2007 and 2008. I think that's so. With that motivation, would you be willing to throw some shekels on um on Bremen? No, I can't. They're, they're so bad. I just can't rely on them. It's, it's, it's money at this point. I could see it happening, but it's money. I can't do it. I, I'm scared. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. All right. Well, listen, we only got a, a minute left. So is there anything else you definitely want to throw out there here at hour number one of the early line? We will definitely continue to follow this. Do you have any other last plays to get out there? we got about a minute left. No, I would just strictly wait for some lineups to come out and uh, check my Twitter at this point. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Sure, definitely go follow Martino. And then, listen, we got to have you back start talking MLS because those odds will come out. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us, Martino. As always, we're following, trying, and we'll watch you on free kick, of course. Yeah, always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. All right, sounds good. You know, I mean, Kev, we got a little rivalry going. Do you think Martino's going to be right fading Paderborn again, or is our graphics guy Steve on on it? Are you going to go with Paderborn? I'll say the funny thing is, right, even, like, Steve, who's, like, on Paderborn, is like, no, I just don't think they're going to lose, right? Like, like, that's the best-case scenario that you can kind of give out for a team like Paderborn. I I kind of appreciate Martino's stance of, I will not bet on a team that bad. I understand that for sure. Sometimes you can ride the highs and you can ride the lows. Well, that is our number one of the early line. When we come back, we turn our attention to the NFL, and the Buffalo Bills gets our roster reset. Come on back and join us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 